Welcome to the I Don't Give a Should show, a podcast exploring all the ways that women should all over themselves. How many times do you find yourself acting out of obligation or doing what everyone else expects from you without stopping to consider why? Where do all those beliefs that are driving you come from? If you're tired of feeling resentful, overwhelmed, stuck, exhausted, or pissed off, you are in the right place. Shooting all over yourself is a real thing, but it doesn't have to be in the driver's seat. I'm your host, Jen Sherwood, and I spent way too many years trying to prove that I was good enough and worrying what other people thought while avoiding conflict at all costs. Today, I don't give a shit. Well, not as many anyway, and neither should you. I'm talking to women like you who figured out how to stop shooting and start living. You're listening to the I Don't Give a Should Show, episode number 17. Today, my guest is Havily Johnson. Havily is a heart-centered, multi-passionate Jamaican pharmacist who self-sponsored and moved to Canada. She's been evolving and discovering how to use and amplify her voice through advocacy and in service of others. And through her company, Immigrant pharmacist. Okay. You have to realize there's a double meaning here. It's pharmacist, like the traditional way, but also assisting pharmacists, right? I love it. So through her company, Immigrant Pharmacist, to create a pathway to transition into the Canadian healthcare system from outside of Canada. Heavily, it's so good to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Jen. How are you? I'm great. This is such a joy to be here with you. And for those of you who weren't off camera with us, we've been having a good time giggling and getting ready to get started. So now that we're here and we're ready, I can't wait to share your story and to just ask you the question. Havily, what was it like for you when you were living under the shoulds? Okay, so I just want to say it's a pleasure to be on this platform with you. And so I want to thank you for having me. So for many years, I have been living under the shoulds. And I thought I'd borrow this from someone recently who said that our biggest competitor is the status quo. Mm. So, you know, there's the, you should go to school, you should get this type of job, you should get married, you should have children, you should buy the business you're working in. I was having such, I wouldn't say it was a hard time, but I don't think I was living true to my alignment, living under the shoulds. I've been told by a parent, you should assist your older sibling in paying their rent. You should buy the pharmacy that you are working in. That would be a better decision for you. I've been under so many shoulds. And right now, I'm so happy that I have stepped into my calling and um, I have been doing much better. I'm in a better mental space. One of the biggest shoulds for me was as a child. I was told that I should be quiet because I was a very talkative child. I was told you should keep your mouth shut. But then I was told that I was ugly. So I should be seen, but not heard. But then I was told that I was ugly. So no, I should not be heard and I should not be seen. And I've had to live with that for many years, close to three decades. It was like an albatross around my neck, for sure. And recently I have rediscovered my voice. And so I am amplifying my voice and I'm using it to help other people. And I believe that is a beautiful gift and I just need to learn how to hone it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So much to unpack here. 
I love that you're already, you know, shifting to the gifts of, of what you've learned. So when you were a child, and I have heard this from a lot of clients that they really had heard as children, you know, that old adage of children should be seen and not heard. And it makes it really difficult to speak up. So you said that terrible thing was dropped on you. And then you were told you were ugly, which is so not true. You're a beautiful woman. I can see you for those of us who can't see Havily right now. She's absolutely, and she's got this just million watt smile. So, you know, none of that stuff that we're told as kids is it's true, but we take it in as truth. So you said there was this albatross around your neck. So can you talk a little bit about those times as you were growing up and deciding what you wanted to do? How did those shoulds around you and the things that you had heard, how did it affect how you, how you walked in the world, how you felt, how you made decisions? What came out of that for you? So I actually believed the lie that was told to me for the first 11 years of my life. Yeah. But even after I discovered the truth, I still subscribe to that, that subconscious bias that I'm ugly. So I would step away from positions of leadership. I've been nominated head girl before and I declined. I usually stay away from any sort of position that will highlight my strengths and my gifts and my talents. But inevitably, I would come forward and take over a group as the leader because (laughs) it is just a part of my DNA. It's just who I am. But for many, many years, I suffered low self-esteem. A lot of people don't know this because of the way I operated. I seem to be operating within the norm, but I Mm -hmm. know that I was living a mediocre life. I wasn't living true to who I am at my core. Being told that I was ugly being told that I should keep my mouth shut. It caused me to be in vocal suppression. And so it affected my self-confidence and my self-esteem. And even though I seemed as if I was thriving, living the average middle-class life, I was told I should be grateful for what I already have because I was aspiring to go to Canada. I was told you have two, two good jobs. I had two jobs at the time. You have a nice apartment. You have a nice car. What more do you want? But I knew that. Something within me felt like I felt like I was withering inside. I felt Mm. like something inside of me was dying and I was made for more. I needed to do more. So I had to answer to that calling and I had to step outside of that box because I was boxed in. I was in a mental box and I needed to step outside of that because now I'm realizing that there are people who are waiting to hear my voice know that I can advocate on others' behalf and advocate for myself. But for many, many years, I was confined to that box and it affected my self-confidence and my self-esteem. I think it's so interesting what you're saying. And I think a lot of women can relate to this, that while on the outside, we really look like we have it all together. We're very good at putting it together and accomplishing things and getting things done. But on the inside, I would imagine there was a lot of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, fear and doubt and maybe some shame about what people had said about you. And and then, you know, kind of piles on, yeah, it piles on top of it, right? So you're supposed to be one thing, but you don't quite feel that way. And so it just, all this sort of impostery stuff shows up. Is that what it was like for you? Honestly, I suffered a huge bout of imposter syndrome. And it was just in 2021 when I started my personal development inside communities that empowered women, 
that I realized that I had imposter syndrome. And I'll just give you a quick example here. I was contacted by the president for my high school's past student association. So I was told to get a headshot, write a quick autobiography about myself because they were publishing this book that was going to be sent to past students in the diaspora. And it was also going to be placed in our school's library. And I could not find good things to write about myself as an accomplished pharmacist with five years work experience. I single-handedly self-sponsored myself and moved to Canada where I started working as a pharmacy intern, even though I was told I should get Canadian experience first before I venture into that sort of thing. So I suffered imposter syndrome and it's very liberating to know that I'm in awareness and I'm doing something about it. Yeah. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm a work in progress. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening, who maybe doesn't know what imposter syndrome is, it's it's when it's particularly strong in women, but it's when you don't feel like you've earned your accomplishments and you can't take credit for them. And there's this fear of being an imposter that somebody's going to figure out someday that you aren't what it appears that you are, which is ridiculous because Havali has plenty of education and degrees behind her, but that's not enough to convince our subconscious that we are doing good things and that we are accomplishing our goals. And there is just this feeling of not being good enough that is so deep within us that sometimes it doesn't matter how many degree initials we have behind our name or what you, I mean, I love this, that you bucked the system at every step where people at home were saying, just be grateful for what you have. I mean, what more could you want? You have a car and an apartment and your insides were screaming. This is not what I'm destined to do. This is not it. And so you kept, you said you were in a box, but you kind of just kept like kickboxing through the side of the box to get to the next thing. There was this internal tension. There was this internal struggle. I didn't know how to articulate it to the people around me because they were coming from a place of love, but also from a place of fear. Yes. Fear that if you evolve into who you are meant to be, that they are going to lose that connection that they have with you. Yeah. It's also fear that you are showing to them that they aren't actually advancing in their lives when they could be doing more, much more for themselves as well. So I think that's where that came from. And I'm glad you mentioned the part about feeling shameful. I felt very ashamed to speak because I was called a chatterbox. I was told to keep your mouth shut. And I just couldn't help it because whenever I'm speaking to people, I'm speaking life into them, I'm empowering them, I'm encouraging them. That's when I feel most alive. And having to suppress my voice for so long, it was killing me inside. And I couldn't do it any longer. I had to stand in the truth of who I am as a person. Yeah. It's not surprising when you think about the fact that you couldn't articulate it. We are not a culture that emphasizes really examining how we feel. We're a culture that suppresses it. And you know what I'm saying? We, but we grew up in two different places, but I imagine it's not that different. I can't imagine. There's not a lot of cultures that are really good at this, but if you don't know how to articulate what you're feeling, and on top of that, you were told don't speak up. So it's not surprising that you couldn't articulate it. I am curious, Havali, was there something that happened that really made you start seeing that you were responding to other people's opinions and what had happened in the past? 
Absolutely. I recently told an audience that I'm a recovering yes woman. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I am a recovering yes woman. I would actually prioritize other people's whatever they imposed on me. A lot of people like to superimpose their beliefs onto us. And they would ask all these favors and I would put aside the things that I needed to get done to to people, please, basically, because that was where I found my worth. I thought I had to be altruistic. I thought I had to serve everyone else's need. And honestly, that came from the things that happened through my childhood where, you know, children's personalities are developed during the first seven years of their lives. So whatever trauma we experience then it carries over, it transcends into our teenage years and into our adult years. And so I basically found my worth in my academics. That's where I found my worth and actually trying to get people to like me. I knew my family loved me, but they did not know how to nurture and foster my curiosity. So they would say these things. It came from inside the house first. And then when I went to school, I got bullied. And so I actually was a reinforcement of what happened prior. And honestly, I'm just so happy and I'm so thankful that I've come to the realization that I am not responsible for the things that happened to me. I'm only responsible for how I respond to it going forward. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And you know what's interesting? And I really want to point this out for our listeners This is very common for women. We are very socialized to believe that our worth comes from external sources. So we go and we seek it out. We're looking for approval. We're looking for praise, looking for that A, right? Like women do really well in educational environments because we can work hard to get that approval, that external at a girl mentality. And it really is ingrained in us. Yeah, it is. And it's unfortunate, but... Thankfully, we see it. And hopefully, the more we talk about this, the more we share about it, the more women will see it and hopefully impact the generation coming up behind us. But it's really there and it's so buried in us, we don't even know. And like you said, it comes from the home first, but those folks were raised in the same way. So they're doing their best. And yet it was imposing upon you. But for some reason, you had this fire in you that wasn't going to stay at a little pilot light. It wanted to turn up the gas on it. (laughs) It wasn't. Yeah. And I remember at one point in time, I was told in the household that I should do this and I should do that. And I also felt a duty and responsibility because I'm coming from, let's say, my background, very humble beginnings where my dad did not progress beyond elementary school. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't progress beyond high school. And it was just about two, three months ago that I recognized myself as a first generation university grad. I just like for so many years, I graduated university nine years ago, and I did not even acknowledge the fact that I was a first generation university grad. Yes. Um, But I was told I should be grateful that there was a family member. I'm speaking my truth. I know it may hurt some people's feelings, but I have to speak the truth because we can't sugarcoat everything. I had a family member who was stealing from me and I was told that I should be grateful that they are actually taking things from inside the household and not from without, like from outside rather. So wait, you were told you should be grateful that the theft was coming from within the family rather than from a stranger. Yes. No, not not from a stranger. 
sure that it was happening inside the house and that family member was not going to somebody else's house. To oh, got you. So that they were robbing you and not someone else. Either way, and it's it's it horrifying that you would be told that. Oh, wrong. Yes. And honestly, I I don't know. I have moved beyond that. I have. And I'm so grateful that I recognized that it was something that was very wrong. And I don't hold them hostage to it. Yeah. But being told that I should, I think that is absolutely wrong. And I know that I'm not the only person who's been through that. Oh, and it's no. Not that particular scenario. People have been going through a lot of these things. And so grateful that Jen, you and I can be here and highlight these things and amplify the voices of other people. Because I'm sure people are going to step forward and say, your story resonated with me because I went through a similar situation. That's the whole reason I do this podcast is because generally speaking, women who are responding from expectation or should don't realize that's what they're doing. They're just living their lives. And so I'm hoping that as we share these stories, somebody will do exactly that. They'll see themselves in it and think, oh, hold on a second. Because when I was in my own should story, I really had no clue that things could be different. I just thought this is the way it is. I didn't realize I had choices. And then I literally was making choices, maybe just not from the place I wanted to. I just didn't know it. It is very disempowering, actually. And at some point in time, like I had that fire, as I told you before, I felt like I was withering inside. And that little flame, that something reignited that. I'm not quite sure where that exact light bulb moment came from, but I kept pushing through. I kept breaking through barriers. I kept setting goals for myself and I kept smashing through them. And eventually I feel like I'm in a place where I'm feeling more liberated and I'm no longer a victim of should. Because we do live in a should economy, right? Yeah. Uh, You should go to school. You should get a job. You should get a particular job. That is because a lot of people are actually surprised that for the past couple of months that I stepped away from the dispensary. They're like, I can't see you not working in a pharmacy because I've been in a pharmacy for 14 years. And that wasn't a decision I took lightly. And it's not that I have no intention of going back to the dispensary. But it is that you should keep your pharmacist job because you have your pharmacy degree. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. That's how many people operate in their lives. We live under the should. We subscribe to it. And we believe. Yeah. And it goes beyond just economy too, right? You should get married. You should have children. I mean, the way we think, (laughs) you know, the way we think about women who choose not to have children. I mean, all of these things, it's amazing. So, okay. We're on the other side. There will always be shoulds. It's how we respond to them. And I think that's an important message. It will, shoulds will come up. It's how you decide to interact with them or not. So what would you say life is like for you now, Happily, when you're really looking at being in alignment with yourself? Actually, it was when I started doing more mind work. I know you're big on mind work, yes. um, but it was when I started doing more mind work and I started figuring out what my true values were. I did an exercise where I figured out what my five values were. And I didn't realize that I was living true to most of my values. I just could (sighs) not clearly articulate that these were my actual values. And ever since I got into that place, it's like I stepped into my power and I am liberated from being told you should do this. 
I am operating in my authenticity. I'm operating in my own strength. And now that I know that my voice is my superpower, that's my gift, that's my strength. I remember being in college, in university rather, and my friend, we were having this discussion. We were like, we have no special gifts, no special talents. We (laughs) We don't play any sports. We can't do we can't do any technical things we don't know how to do fancy hair we we just did not know what our true talents were and it was just recently since I hired my pharmacist coach that I recognized that my voice is my superpower oh. and so I have to use my voice yes amplify my voice because even as a kid before I was suppressed I was my siblings advocate whenever they needed anything from my parents Like I was their spokesperson. I wasn't afraid to ask for anything that I wanted. I was like fearless girl. And then when I got into that space of being shut down, Mm -hmm. it's like I lost my power. But now I've regained that. And it is very liberating. It is very empowering, actually. Yes. Isn't that so interesting that your natural gift was to advocate for others and to speak up? And that was, I imagine that was too powerful for your parents. And they were like, "Uh uh-uh. You need to close that down. And of course, as a child, you did. That's what we do. But it's so beautiful when you can figure that out as an adult. And I love that you have this story that you're like, yeah, I don't have any superpowers. And now you're like, oh my God, I have an amazing superpower and I can use it to help others. It's fabulous. It's a light bulb moment. It is a light bulb moment when you find out what your true power is. A lot of people feel powerless going through the motions, living the same life every single day, not stepping back, not peeling back the layers, not recognizing what is at the heart and center of what it is that they ought to be doing, what your true purpose is. And I'm so happy that I'm in a space where I can advocate for others and actually empower them and help them to see the light. Yeah. And I just want to say to anybody who's listening, you don't have to uproot your whole life and move to a different country and start a business that isn't necessary. This is Havilee's journey. But to be able to figure out what you value and live from there. I love that you brought this up, by the way. I just hosted a retreat. I don't know when this is going to air relative to real time, but I hosted a retreat. And that was part of what we did was really looking at core values because they're guideposts. If you live like we do as women and you're told that all of your value comes from outside of you, it's very difficult to follow a path and make decisions. And so once you have an idea of your core values, I love that you brought that up. And it sounds to me like, you are living from those core values now. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. So Havily, I can imagine there are people listening who might be interested in following along with you, pharmacists, not pharmacists, Jamaican, maybe Canadian, American, it doesn't matter. How can people find you if they want to, you know, have a little more Havily in their life? Okay. So I'm actually on LinkedIn. That is currently my favorite platform. I'm using my real name. I've been asked, what's your real name? My real name is Havily Johnson, spelled (laughs) H-A-V-A-L-E-E, Johnson. On LinkedIn, I'm also on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you search immigrant pharmacist, spelled P-H-A-R-M-A-S-S-I-S-T, you will find me as well through search engine optimization. Fabulous. We'll put that in the show notes. But before we wrap up, I do want to ask you just to expand just a little bit on who do you work with and what is your business doing? 
So basically, I am assisting, I'm the pharmacist who's assisting um, mainly international pharmacist graduate, graduates who wish to transition smoothly and seamlessly into the Canadian healthcare system. And this basically stems from me working with colleagues who are internationally trained as well, but they have lost their sense of empowerment when they come to Canada, they get stuck in the position of either an assistant or thinking that they're not good enough to pass the board exams, which has a really relatively low pass mark for international graduates. And I've seen what damage it has done to people's self-confidence. So I want to help people across the world, pharmacists especially, to break the barrier, to change the statistics, to smash through that 41% is pretty low. And I know that all pharmacists, they are very well trained, highly educated and skilled professionals. They are capable, but they need to have that sort of GPS, a roadmap, somebody who's going to stand in the gap for them and advocate for them. And that is where I stepped in. I love it. What a beautiful, beautiful thing you've created. You figured this out for yourself and now you're here to advocate for others. So fabulous. Happily, thank you so much for being here. It has been such a pleasure to hang out with you today. Thanks for sharing thank your you story. Thank you for having me, Jen. It was my pleasure. Lovely. And thanks for joining us and come back next time. All right. See you soon. Hey, friend. If you recognize yourself in these stories and you don't want to give a should anymore, you have to join my coaching community, the GC. Come learn the tools to recognize when fear and worry are running the show and how to shift into more of what you want without guilt or blowing up your life. Unless, of course, that's what you want. Inside the GC, you'll learn strategies to start making yourself a priority. Stop saying yes when you mean no. Have hard conversations and so much more. And... You get to do this with a group of women who are making the same changes in their lives and are there to support you, not judge you. It's a seriously warm, safe space where genuine connections are made. The GC is where doubt and loneliness meet their match. You can get all the info at jennifersherwood.com slash the GC. But if you're not ready for something like that yet, I've got you. Head over to my website, jennifersherwood.com and hit the relief right now button. I'll send three ridiculously simple steps to go from overwhelm to ease.